Hey guys, welcome to week three of the management series. So to go over what we have taken care of already, if you have not watched the previous videos, make sure you go back to the Pet Biz Hive and search back into previous videos. Week one, we talked about whether or not you are ready for a manager. That one was a little bit of a dive into whether or not your actual company is ready, uh, whether you're ready and whether your finances are ready to bring on management or an admin position to your pet business team. Last week, we talked about getting prepared to bring that person on. Preparation is the key to making sure that you bring on the right person into the right position. Also had a little uh, chat there about using virtual assistants or VAs in your pet business. So that is in the second video. This week, we are actually talking about how to source the right person, find them and take them through that hiring process. So you want to make sure that that is very clear and lined out before you get started, because otherwise there will be some unmet expectations. You might miss opportunities with the perfect person and you might accidentally end up hiring a total donkey that you regret later because they miss some of those key things that you know you need to have in a manager. So first of all, we are going to talk about where you can source someone to be a manager for your company. And really in this video, I'm going to be talking more about like a true manager for your company. So this would be an elevated position. Um, you would be the upline, this person, would be uh, running your scheduling, running your team, kind of that um, in-between layer, not a full general manager in charge of other managers. I'm just talking about that first step on your management team to get someone that is likely going to be taking care of your scheduling, taking care of your hiring. Um, you don't want it to be, you know, throw in everything, including the kitchen sink into this position because you know yourself this is a lot. We take on a lot as entrepreneurs and business owners and understanding we're going to be spinning plates and we're going to be wearing different hats all day long. But that is a lot to ask a personality that is not suited to be an entrepreneur and therefore is in the you know regular labor management market. So just keep um, keep your common sense about you and it's unreasonable to think that you can go out and hire yourself. That will be a nearly impossible task. I've I tried it for years, so I know this one from experience. So where to source? First good place is your team. If you already have an established team, look and see, you know, based off of your company values and your company mission, who hits those values? You know, who is that person that, you know, every time you think of, wow, the perfect person that meets my company values and always knocks it out of the park every time that I can totally count on. Do you have that person on your team that could possibly be promoted to a management position? Um, you know, I know in our cases, a lot of times uh, those will be people that work part time for us because they already have a full time job because they're awesome. And somebody else already knows that. So uh, but that's always a great place to to take a look first is within your team to see if you can have someone that you promote because you already know their work ethic. You know um, if they hit the fit, fit the bill on the different kind of things that you need as a manager in your company, and they also know your company. So that is a huge hurdle that you can jump right away because they understand what they would be getting into. Uh, so your clients in your community, that is another great resource. I usually recommend trying your team and your clients and your community first. 
Uh, additionally, just like your staff members, your clients, they know what to expect from the client perspective from your company. And so they're not going to send someone to help you manage the company that therefore takes care of their pets that is like not qualified and that they wouldn't want to have in their own home. So at least you would really think that they're going to think that through first and not like, you know, black, you know, the black sheep of the family, they're going to refer them just because, you know, they can't hold down a job or something. I don't really think they're going to do that. So your community, if you have, uh, if you work with rescue and you have a rescue community, that's a great place to start also is getting that information out there. But if you go through all of those, you know, really obvious sources and you're getting ready to put a job out on the open marketplace, um, you know, old dog hair, 25 years. So, we used to always hire off of Craigslist. And um, I know that is just like not really the thing anymore. I've tried here and there going back out there, but if that's something you're interested in, I think it's it's actually cost money. It didn't used to cost money to post a job on Craigslist. Now I think it's $25 or $30 to post an actual job on there. Of course, you can, you know, try to sneak around that by posting things, you know, on the sly, but uh, you know, Craigslist didn't used to allow you to do HTML, but you can make, you know, fairly decent looking uh, ad posts, job posts, if you know how to do HTML to change fonts and, and do things like that and colors. So that is, of course, a possibility. Um, the online job boards, uh, we, of course, use a service for that. I will drop a link down in the bottom of my link to the service we use, Jazz HR, if you are interested in that. Uh, we keep three different job ads running at all times in there. So you can look at the job boards that are services. Jazz HR blasted out to multiple uh, of the job hiring boards. Works very well for us. And you can also go directly with Indeed, which a lot of people do. There is the free posting you can do. Of course, you can also have your post be a sponsored and pay money for that so it gets more visibility. And then social media, media. don't forget that. Um, of course, the social media, Facebook, Instagram, they have the ability to post actual direct um, job offer ads on there if you're hiring. So you can do that. Most of those things, if you do boost them locally, are going to cost you something also. Um, and then don't forget, of course, you can put flyers out and things like that in your local pet stores and such. But um, you know, those bulletin board opportunities are becoming less and, and less accessible. Uh, a lot of people are taking those down. So, you know, really consider all the different sources that you can post to that might find your perfect manager. And, and also you're, you're looking for a manager. So this is probably not going to be where you're posting it at local colleges and universities. You want somebody out there who actually has job and management experience for the position that you're looking for. So uh, really the way that you construct a, um, a management hiring process and what you go through is going to be a different setup than it is when you are just hiring a field uh, employee for your company, a dog walker or a pet sitter. You are looking for something very different. Now you might find what you want and your current employees that are working in the field. But in general, when you're just searching, you are going to want to structure the entire process, what you're looking for, what you're asking for differently. So what format do you want to put this in? Like I said, it is going to be a bit different than normal. So uh, I first recommend that you look at the current job ads that are out there. 
look at your competitors, but I also do recommend to look at the entire pet industry and see uh, not just who is hiring, but how are they structuring their job ads? If you have uh, one of the uh, company out, companies out there, like sometimes the pharmaceutical companies or the pet food companies or treat companies will be hiring some sort of rep or something like that. Look at those also, because people that are looking for jobs in the pet industry, you're really, if they're looking for management jobs, you're competing across all of those different lines of business in the pet industry, because you know people that have made that decision to work in the industry are kind of looking to see, well, what out there is going to really fit my passion and my purpose in life? So, you know, see what else is out there visually. What are they putting out there visually? How are they trying to stand out and be engaging? So consider the entire industry to be your competition to find the best manager for your company. So check out what's out there and that can help you start to think about what format you want to put yours is put yours in. Uh, like I said, make it very visually engaging. Um, a lot of those sources out there where you can post jobs, you can post pictures, absolutely do pictures. Um, I was going to show you my, um, my last job ad that I put out. It was pre-COVID for a management position and I pulled it up and it was very boring with like one or two pictures. So I'm like, I'm not going to show that because, you know, like do as I say, not as I do. I totally have things revamped now, but um, I'm not really going to show you what that one looked like because it was a little dry and crusty. I, I mean, I got an operations manager out of it, but I digress. Keep it visually engaging. Matter of fact, with the current labor market that we have, the more visual and energetic that you put out there, the more likely you are to attract someone that is going to bring the energy into your company that you need. Um, I do have videos that I put on all of my job ads. I believe I've shown those before. I've had links to them before, uh, but I use a little video service called Promo. Links down in the um in the, the comments also, or in the show notes, if you're listening on the podcast. And uh, promo is just a nice little service to make cute little short, um, snappy videos that you can post on social media or, you know, use in any of your marketing. Um, they have uh, video clips that you can combine, put your own copy on. It's, you know, pretty nifty and quick to put something together. If you're interested in that kind of thing, of course, you can take your own video clips, import them into promo and stitch them all together, put background music, all of that good stuff. So this is a really great opportunity to, um, you know, kind of do the same thing and get something highly visual. I was just going to pull up one of mine that I have here. Okay, you should be able to see that. Let me, okay, push play just so you can see this one. So 
there we go. Just wanted to see just, you know, kind of the little short punchy videos. I have those actually on all of my current ads that are running. I created different ones for each one for just, you know, attraction purposes. And I have definitely seen my response numbers go up because it does stand out having a video. Um, I do know that there is um, a lot of information out there about recruiting videos. Now, like you don't need to do a Google style recruiting video. Uh, there are some really amazing ones out there. I had done some searching on recruiting videos and I actually found a pretty good YouTube video. I think it was published by LinkedIn about how you can just very simply create these with your uh, with your phone and how to kind of put it all together. So um, I will put a link to that in the, the comments in the show notes also, because um, I just thought that was really helpful. I know some people, if you're not super tech stat savvy, you can freeze up on like, oh my God, I want to do a video, but they've got some really great ideas about how you can show your company culture and who you are as a company when you're hiring for that manager, because you know, they are, again, going to be looking for something different. They are, they are looking for a career choice and not just um, maybe a stepping stone or a part-time job like some of your field employees would be looking for. Uh, then we're going to roll into the actual job description itself. So let's get the visual parts in there. Now let's get the actual copy going. You want to be most of all very clear about what the job requirements are. And I typically, I typically view it this way, that you're not really trying to weed a whole bunch of people out of the process from the first second they see what the job is all about. Your job description is just that. It's what it's about. And it's a lot of those top factors that you absolutely need to have. If, if you definitely want someone who has more than two years of true management experience, sure, you want to have that on there. Um, if they, you know, if you want to make sure that it's like they're going to be working in the field also that they have previous pet experience and they're comfortable with all pets. You want to make sure that that is in there so they're very clear on what the job is and what what the job is not. Uh, you want to make sure that they understand if this is something where they're going to be required to drive. They need to know, OK, if I'm expecting to drive to an office and sit there all day, this job is not for me. So you want to have that kind of stuff in there to you know take those people that just don't fit the bill. If this person is looking and they only want to work Monday through Friday from nine to five and yours includes weekends and holidays, they can eliminate themselves right away. So you want to make it easy for people to eliminate themselves, but yet not go into a complete laundry list of absolutely every detail of the job. So, you know, keep it in there. So you're getting interest, high engagement, and you can funnel them into your actual process of hiring. Um, that is my recommendation. So when you get to the application process, so you have your person that's like, oh, this sounds like this might, you know, be really fulfilling and, and give me opportunities that I'm looking for. Then you get them into the application process, whether you use the software like we do with Jazz HR, which can take them through this process. It's a nice funnel that, uh, that's very clear for both, of course, the company and for the candidate. 
um, whether you have them running through that or if you're just taking them through manually. In that application process, this is where you want to get more into the details and, um, you know, kind of those those knockout questions. Um, one of the big ones for us, which we ended up, um, it's not a knockout question, but wow, it's one that we really look closely at the answer to, is uh, whether or not, um, like kind of what their tech level is, because what we do is very automated. We use a lot of different software programs. And on the management end, we expect people to be very comfortable with spreadsheets and how to analyze spreadsheets. Um, using different apps, different software programs. So we specifically ask them about their tech capabilities. So um, one of our questions that I actually pulled from that previous management um, question list on the application in our system, as a company, we rely heavily on technology. You must possess a newer smartphone, no track phones. We actually had somebody apply that had a track phone once and a home computer. You need to be knowledgeable and comfortable with the use of technology. Where do you consider yourself on a scale of one to five, one being not comfortable and five being completely comfortable? And please explain. Uh, one of our questions that is in our standard uh, interview process is what was the last app you downloaded on your phone? So uh, that's, that actually tells us several things. Um, that tells us if that person actually knows their, um, their password to get into their app store. So many people didn't used to know their own pa password. So that is actually a pretty good question for us because we have them download so much on their phones anyway. Um, so you might want to put that one on your list. Um, so, you know, their experience. If you are expecting your management team to have direct experience with pets already, you need to have that in there as a direct question. So now we're really starting to narrow down um, and focus in on what is actually the requirements of this job and if this person fits the requirements of what the actual company needs. So, you know, you can ask about previous management experience there um, if, you, if you definitely need that. Um, of course, you know, a lot of things can actually be trained on the management end, but you do want somebody that already has some, um, you know, leadership and delegation potential. Um, otherwise you'll end up with somebody who, you know, perhaps is not a self-starter. I, I had a manager once, she was a little young. Um, I should have known better because I didn't go through this process. This was 15 years ago or so. And um, number one, she always said, my bad, whenever she did something wrong, which, oh boy, that's like licking a popsicle stick for me. Don't don't say my bad around me. Now all of you guys are going to start saying my bad. I can't stand that. Uh, pet peeve. And um, every time I would come in the office, she would honestly just be like sitting there filing her nails. and like, did you do this? Did you do this? So she was one that was not a self-starter, did not see what needed to be done and always waited to be told something to do. Um, that's that's something that you can start to find out what kind of person that is through behavioral interviewing. Uh, I do have a lot of information about behavioral interviewing in my previous hiring series about the interviewing process. And you're going to do a little bit of that here too with your managers. You're just going to start digging a little bit deeper on it. Uh, so the process, once you find someone who fits the bill on the application end of it, uh, you want to have a really clearly 
defined process for taking them through of the different steps. You do want this to be more involved than just hiring someone to do dog walking or pet sitting for you. So what is that process going to look like? Are you going to start with a Zoom interview? Uh, that might be a great opportunity. We usually always do that just to get a feel, make sure that the candidate understands what the requirements of the position are, that they're very clear on the scheduling. If you're going to have them work from your office, that they understand where your office is, and if there's going to be a commute, and they understand the hours of working, they understand if they're going to have any on-call times and any other times that they're going to need to be available, if you have events they're going to be working, if holidays and weekends are occluded, what that looks like. And then, um, you know, at that point, if it's appropriate for you to like discuss what the actual package looks like, I usually wait for that until the in-person interview, unless the candidate actually asks in the Zoom interview. So do you move from a Zoom interview to an in-person interview if they seem like they are still a fit for the position. So that in-person interview, I know uh, many people do not have established offices. Of course, that is the best situation if you do have an office. Second best situation would be if you have a local co-working space, that is a great opportunity. Another opportunity um, that I had actually discovered a couple of years ago, if your bank has a conference room, Many times they will, um, if they don't have stuff already scheduled within the bank branch at the time, you should always get to know the managers at your local bank and get very friendly with them because they are going to be huge assets and advocates for you down the road as your business grows. But if they do have a conference room, um, there are opportunities with some banks to go in there and just, you know, possibly for this little interview process, um, sign up and use that conference room for a brief period of time. There are banks that will do that uh, and enable to support the local community businesses. So don't, you know, always think about that. Uh, co-working spaces, a great idea to go in and possibly rent a desk at a co-working space as long as it's, you know, a little bit private and you can do interviews. Um, I used to always do interviews at like uh, Breadco, um, oh, at Panera. It used to be called St. Louis Breadco because Panera is from St. Louis. So I always call it Breadco. Still, uh, you know, old habits. But, uh, you know, going into a local Panera or even a Starbucks or something like that, um, you know, as long as you've got a comfortable situation, I mean, it's not as great and giving that, you know, company presence as having some sort of a conference room um, or an office yourself, but definitely meeting them at a kind of a neutral location like that. So, you know, with that um, in-person interview, you do want to make sure you do the behavioral interviewing. You're going to want to dig deep into who this person is. They are not just going to be somebody that you're giving assignments to and they're going out and doing their thing. They are going to be working alongside you. They are going to be an integral foundation to the growth of your company and helping communicate who you want your company to be or become. So that is super important. Do you want to have them go on a working interview with you? If working with pets is a direct thing that they are going to be responsible for, or if they are going to be responsible for training your team uh, through the onboarding and hiring process, then you do want to see how they work with pets themselves. So a working interview might be completely appropriate. 
Um, do you have other employees and would they be appropriate to have in an interview? So are you going to have another layer where they come in and interview with team members uh, with predefined questions that they can be ranked and your team members help in ranking? Because, uh, well, number one, that really empowers your team to um, to know how much you value them because you are asking them to participate in that important of a decision to the company because this management position is going to be over them. So it will definitely empower your field workers if you give them input on that position and who is being hired into that position. So, you know, deeper dive into who they actually are because they are going to be the face of your company. Uh, you know, references, of course, are given typically if um, I always recommend just looking at the last couple of years of references, uh, look at their social media, always look at their social media. You know, my current manager that I have, she always goes on um, STL mugshots, St. Louis mugshots, where they I don't know if every big city has this or not, or <laughs> St. Louis were just weird. But um, it's actually a website. You go on there and you see the uploaded recent mugshots. It's actually kind of funny sometimes. Um, but you never want to see somebody that you know, right? <laughs> um, and then, you know, focus in again on that behavioral interviewing and make sure you have some really core questions. Um, uh, there should be, I believe there is a download on the hiring information where I do have posted a bunch of behavioral interviewing questions. I might see about posting those in the show links. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this again to know what I just committed to post down at the bottom for you to access. Um, so again, on the behavioral end of it, some people use um, behavioral, behavioral testing. Um, a lot of companies are using the Orion. We do not, but I hear there are some great things that come out of that and people feel a lot more comfortable going, uh, you know, having having employ potential employees run through the Orion testing. When we are looking at management level in our company, we use the DISC profile testing, which is a great opportunity for us. We've all gone through that program before. And so we really understand how each other communicates. And um, we also know some of the warning flags for what communication styles don't work with the team. So um, that really helps us get a general idea of who we might be opening the door to. Also, we do the profile testing kind of as one of the last things if everybody's kind of knocked out everything else, because those tests, of course, do, do cost money to the company. And then um, one, uh, well, I guess here's a couple of things that we actually do when we're in this interview process. We present them with the actual KRAs of the position. This is part of the preparation that I told you to do is make sure you have that outlined and very clear. So KRAs, meaning the key result areas. So this is the actual responsibilities that they are going to have in the company. So are they going to be responsible for maintaining the schedule? Are they going to be responsible for hiring and onboarding employees? What are those individual things that you are going to expect of them? So um, another thing that you can do besides providing them the KRA so they understand responsibilities of the position is actually have a full listing of individual tasks that you are expecting this person to do. Now, this is not this is not the whole thing. This is breaking it down into the tasks. So you want them to run interviews. Uh, you want them to um, 
you know, take new employees out and train them with clients. You want them to go to the veterinary clinics and give them materials and chat them up. You want them to run events. I mean, you want to have like all of these individual tasks listed and, and, you know, really thinking along the lines of, you know, the type of people. Sometimes it, it takes a certain kind of person to do all these tasks, but give them that list with little check boxes next to each one of them and tell them to rank number one, number two, number three, the three top things that they are most excited about and is in their wheelhouse. And then have them go in and rank the three lowest that they are not comfortable with, that they know they're going to need help with, and um, that really they just like, eh, that's okay. Well, it's, it's in the job, but I'm not really thrilled about it. That is going to be very telling to have them go through that um, little exercise and then you asking clarifying questions about each of those things. Because, of course, if they say the three top things that they absolutely love are all just, you know, I mean, they're singing your tune. You're so excited about the way that they talk about those things and the excitement. Um, that's wonderful. If the three things that are low on the list are really top priorities for this person to do, you need to have that clarifying conversation with them also, if that is something that's going to be important to the position. Uh, show them the structure of your company. Um, I had shown you previously the um, accountability chart, organizational chart that we have for our company. Let them see where their position fits into the structure of your company now and where you see your company going. So, you know, show them the current chart and then show them what you expect the company and their position to build to, that this is your vision for the company. Engage with their responses, see if they have any, you know, really good clarifying questions um, and what they just really think about it. Um, one, one thing to remember is that you're not selling them they are selling you. So don't get trapped in the conversation of how exciting this is. And, oh, it's so wonderful. And we're a great company. And we do this and we do that. You really need to get past the what you do. Uh, sometimes you can end up, you know, like I said, many hats. Sometimes you can end up putting on the salesperson, I love what I do hat. And you can get excited talking about pets and completely chase a rabbit off of finding out more about them. So you need to make sure you give them every opportunity to talk. God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Ask a question and shut up. There's a lot that is going to come out in the silence if you don't talk. So, you know, continue to ask them those clarifying questions until you really get to um, get to the, the root of the question that you ask them because there's usually a lot underneath there that uh, you have to kind of peel back those layers until you really know what they really think about a particular question. Um, and then um, gosh, another thing, what kind, uh, give them a lot of opportunity to ask you questions. So what are the quality of the questions they are asking you? Um, many times we like to get to the end of an interview when we're just interviewing field staff, employees, dog walkers, pet sitters is, um, you know, do you have any questions for us? 
Now, it is really telling if they have no questions, because I know we're not that great at presenting. Everybody usually has some sort of questions. Many times that is going to uh, show, you know, a bit of lack of maturity if they don't already have a, you know, question that has come up during the interview process or something about our company. So make sure you give these people an opportunity to ask those questions. A really great candidate is going to already have looked at your website. They're going to look at your marketing materials. They are going to be able to have a conversation with you about the company and be able to sell you on why they are the person for the position. We aren't hiring just for dog walkers and pet sitters. We are hiring for a management person. And anyone who has been around the management field just knows this is your standard part of the interview process is to come already understanding the company that you are applying for and having really great solid questions so you can show how engaged you already are and the value that you can bring to the company. So, um, you know, make sure you keep an ear out for those kinds of questions and that they already are understanding and really digging into who your company is. Um, and uh, I mean, I can say I'm, I'm not a good interviewer. That's why I've hired to fill that gap in our company, because there are other people that have that gift because I'm a seller. Um, I, I do chase rabbits. I get so excited about what we do that um, I'm at the point now where I acknowledge it and I can I can rein that back in. But that's my natural inclination. And I have found someone who is extraordinary at the soft skills of interviewing. Um, and, you know, sometimes the, that that is not going to come in your package. So if you do have um, that person who can come in and who can join you in those interviews to be that other ear, that is wonderful. Um, when you get to the end of this interview process, um, be your own devil's advocate. Um, don't just jump into, you know, oh, wow, this person loves animals and has time in their schedule. Um, you know, again, it's not the fog, the mirror test. We want to make sure that this person is going to be your, you know, right hand and your left hand person because they're going to need to do a lot and be passionate about your company to take that management role. So if you if you cannot well play your own devil's advocate, maybe you have someone in your life that you can explain to them the process and they can, you know, ask other clarifying questions just to make you take a step back, breathe a little bit and think through because we don't want just a person that we're training and we're bringing into our company and then six months later, they're gone. We want someone who is going to be an integral foundational member of our team that is there to grow with us and we can be uh, cooperatively working to push the company forward in the marketplace. So hopefully this little session on um, sourcing and hiring has been helpful to you this week. Um, so again, go back and watch week one and week two. Now we've got week three on the sourcing and hiring. And then next week we are going to talk about that new manager, how we want to effectively bring them into the company and lead them in their new position through all of the onboarding process and follow up after that. 
If you have any direct questions, just drop them down in the comments, or you can email me at petsitterguru at gmail.com. Uh, little side note, don't forget to go in and check out the Pet Biz Hive podcast. We've been posting some great stuff here lately on the podcast, especially for Tip Tuesdays. So check that one out. The most recent one actually has a fun little swipe file that you can use for a little nugget business plan if you are at the planning stages in your business, which you should be doing at least on an annual basis for the next year. So running into fourth quarter coming pretty soon. And so we'll be talking more on some planning things with fourth quarter subjects. Otherwise, make it a great weekend. And what is your next best move?